On Friday night, Texas massacred Texas Tech 57-7. to And now this Saturday, they'll play in their last Big 12 game ever with the championship on the line against Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. On today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we are discussing the Texas Texas Tech game from Friday night. Texas beat Texas Tech 57 to 7 and possibly their last matchup ever. In the second segment, Texas has one last Big 12 game before we get out of here against Oklahoma State with the championship on the line. Steve Sarkeesian, Mike Gundy cannot wait for Saturday. And last but not least, the last Big 12 roundup of all time. Everything you need to know that happened in your least favorite conference outside of the University of Texas over the weekend. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We have made it through another regular season for the Texas Longhorns. And just remember where you were at this time last year and how you felt about this Texas football team compared to how you feel this year, right? Last year, we were getting our last win against Baylor to go, uh, I guess, eight and four in the regular season. And because we had went five and seven the year before, we felt like a lot of steps had been made, right? And they certainly had, right? Which led to us being 11 and one this year. But we left some meat on the bone last year. This year, they took care of business. You can, you know, bring up the last drive against Oklahoma, but most of us envisioned this team being 10 and 2 or 11 and 1, and they went out there and achieved that. It's hard to win 12 games in a row. It's hard to go undefeated in college football. So the Texas Longhorns certainly went out and put up a special season this year. And, you know, I'm sad that it's over, but I'm excited that we have some big games coming up. The biggest games we played in a long time at the University of Texas. Normally, on the Monday after the game, I come out here and I give my analysis on both sides, right? What Texas did right, what Texas did wrong, what the other team did to contribute to Texas doing things right and Texas doing things wrong. But I really don't have much to say about Texas Tech. After what I watched on Friday night, I was in the building and it was electric. I'll talk about that uh, here in a second. For the most part, that is who Texas Tech has been in the history of their existence. And that is who Texas is when they play Texas Longhorns football. What bothers me more than anything is the fact that programs like Texas Tech have got this false sense of reality over the last decade that they are on the level of programs like the University of Texas. Right. And in the last two home games under Steve Sarkeesian against Texas Tech, this Texas football team has scored one hundred and twenty seven points. Right. They are not on the same level as Texas to begin with. Right. Period. But last year they beat Texas. Right. On their in on their home grass. I guess I was going to say home court on their own field. And Joy McGuire came out and said that the Big 12 runs through Lubbock. Obviously, we found out last year and this year that is not the case, right? But he had the right to bump his gums and talk his trash. And he said that if you punch this Texas team in the mouth, they won't respond. And maybe that was true last year because they did get the victory. But the problem was you had to come back and face them one more time. And we saw what happens when Texas Tech plays Texas Tech football and the University of Texas plays the University of Texas football. There's a 50-point differential between the two programs. And Brett Yormark decided to align himself with the Texas Tech Red Raiders over the summer, right, saying that uh, Joey McGuire and his team needed to take care of business against the University of Texas. Did they take care of business, Brett? 
<laughs> and did, did, did Texas Tech win the Brett Yormark Bowl on Friday night? Did they make you proud as a future member of this conference, Brett Yormark? I didn't think so either. Like I said, this is who Texas is when they play Texas Longhorns football, and this is who Texas Tech has been since the history of their existence. Now, when I talk about Friday night, it was such an electric experience, right? You knew that it was going to be an emotional night. You knew it was going to be a special night. When it was senior night, and we have so many um, talented and productive seniors who have been through so much on this Texas football team and have helped set the culture, the winning environment at the University of Texas that we see today. We knew that Texas Tech, who was not a rival to us, but they claim we are their biggest rival. Um, we knew that Texas Tech was coming in the building, you know, coming off of a win against us last year and Joy McGuire talking all of that trash. And I was under the assumption that it would be a good game because Texas Tech would show up and play with pride. But like I said, they played generally how they've played throughout the history of their existence and were no match for the Texas Longhorns on Friday night. And then you knew it was the last Big 12 game ever at DKR in a night game. So it was going to be a special experience. And everything I thought about the game prior to the game in terms of how it would be, the environment, the emotions, all of that, it exceeded it, right? You know what I mean? Um, like I said, Texas Tech really didn't show up. You know, Arch Manning got in the game. Jet Bush scored a touchdown. Trey Wisner scored a touchdown. So I didn't expect to see all of that. But CDC and staff have done such an amazing job of making the experience period at DKR, but especially the night game experience at DKR, one that is rivaled across the country. And I think we're now at the point, especially going into the SEC, where teams will fear coming into the University of Texas, coming into DKR to play against this Texas football team at any time of the day, but especially at night. That was an intimidating experience for the ops. Right? And you could tell that Texas Tech had no interest in playing that football game or competing with the University of Texas, and Texas took their will pretty early on. That was just a special night in DKR. Jordan Whittington, who's been here since 2018, said that was the best game day experience he's probably experienced at DKR, so I'll take his word for it, too. Um, it just was electric. And then, of course, when Arch Manning gets in, uh, it was either at the end of the third quarter or in the fourth quarter, I mean, it took the, <laughs> I took the lid off that place, right? Obviously, there's no roof on DKR. But when I tell you that it got already like it was already crazy in there and it got five times louder than it already was. Steven, a fanatic perspective on YouTube. I know you all are subscribed to him and listen to him. He's one of the best in the business. He said that it felt like Michael Jackson walked in the building and I was there and I promise you he was not exaggerating. That place went crazy when Arch Manning got in the game. It was just a special experience at night in DKR. Like I said, it's one of those experiences now um, that can be rivaled amongst college football and teams are going to have a really hard time and going to be really intimidated coming into DKR in the future, trying to win games at night. When I look at this Texas team being 11 and one, being a big 12 championship participant, being a college football playoff contender and being a national championship contender, this is what Steve Sarkeesian envisioned in 2021. And what I love is, is that there were bumps along the way, right? And it shows the calluses of this football team. It shows the resilience of this football team in this program. It shows the culture of this football team in this program, because when Steve Sarkeesian came in in 2021, he said that he just didn't want to be a coach again in college football. He knew that he had put himself in position to be a coach again in college football. He wanted to be a coach at a program that could win at the highest level, that could win national championships. And in three short years, he has put Texas right back in the middle of that conversation. Right. When he came in and I say this all the time, he talked about how. Texas had more scholarship receivers than offensive linemen. This was the vision he had for this Texas team, and he was able to execute it in just three short years prior to them going to the SEC. And it wasn't always pretty. 
right? You know, there were flashes when we scored 70 points against Texas Tech. There were flashes when we dominated in the first half and had a 21-point lead against Oklahoma. But then we saw the pitfalls, right? One of the worst losses ever to Kansas, losing three straight games, right? We saw the, uh, you know, his ability to recruit and the improvement last year, right? Going eight and five, but there were still pitfalls, right? You know, you should have won the game against Alabama. The refs were a little crazy in that game, but ultimately you had a chance and couldn't make the winning plays. You had a chance against TCU, couldn't make the winning plays. You had a chance against Washington, couldn't make the winning plays, and then you folded against Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, right? So you made jumps last year, you made leaps, but there were still growing pains. You still had to learn how to win at a high level with this program at the University of Texas. And this year in year three, he told us in the offseason on that pivot interview that this looked like his team it felt like his team and he certainly delivered going 11 and 1 this year Steve Sarkeesian is the right coach for this program and he has turned this program around in reverse 10 years of misfortune into putting Texas right back where they are supposed to be at the pinnacle of college football and I want to shout out the players that helped buy into this culture and sustain it right because you're talking about really players that aren't on this team that helped us get to this point and B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson, DeMarvin Overshone, uh, Moral Ojomo and Keandre Coburn, right? Players like that, that helped set the culture for us going into this year, right? That didn't get the benefit of being able to play in a big 12 championship and possibly a college football playoff, but made the necessary sacrifices, um, didn't transfer, you know, stayed at the University of Texas and helped build the winning culture that we are benefiting from today. And then you talked about the seniors that were recognized on Friday night, players like Tamandre Sweat, uh, Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford, Jaron Thompson, Christian Jones, Jake Majors, players um, on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball that dealt with hell at Texas dealt with a bad culture at Texas. And then in the first year under Steve Sarkeesian, didn't know what to do when we went five and seven. They felt like they were in perpetual hell at that point. But they stayed, they fought, and they helped build a sustained and winning culture at the University of Texas that should last for years to come under Steve Sarkeesian. So shout out to the players on last year's team that helped put us in a position to accomplish what we did this year. And shout out to the seniors on this team that dealt with hell in the past at the University of Texas and now made University of the University of Texas and this football team one of the premier programs in the country. And finally... Texas is back at the pinnacle of college football. I'm not saying Texas is back in reference to, you know, Sam Ellinger's comments, but Texas is back at the pinnacle of college football. And I said that in the offseason that the goal this year was to put Texas right back where they belong at the top of the sport. And now when you look at it, Texas is, you know, probably going to be the number six, number seven team in the country. Cool. There are in the Big 12 championship game. That is a goal for Texas every year to be a conference championship participant. They are on the outside looking in right now, but certainly could be a college football playoff team. That is a goal for this Texas program every year to be in the playoffs. They're one of the best teams in the country. And if they get into the playoffs, they're a legitimate national championship contender. That's all you could ask for from this Texas program every year. Conference championship participant, college football playoff hopeful, national championship contender. That is where this Texas football team is right now in year three under Steve Sarkeesian at the pinnacle of college football and one of the best programs in the sport currently. It's been three long years, but Steve Sarkeesian came in with a plan and he executed that plan in three years and it culminated on Friday night in DKR with the 57 to seven victory against Texas tech. And hopefully he gets his first conference championship this Saturday against Oklahoma state, which we'll discuss in the next segment after a quick word from our sponsors. 
This episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So for most Texas fans, the question this year was not who would be in the Big 12 championship, but who would Texas be playing when we got there, right? That was pretty much the consensus uh, across the country, right? National media, local media, whatever. You had a few Texas detractors that felt like this would be same old Texas, right? Sorry to you, you know, Um, and they would find a way to not make it, but they came out and took care of business, right? And they were one drive away from possibly possibly being the number one team in the country at this point, but we're not going to cry over spilled milk. We just hope we have the chance not to spill more milk in the future, right? So now Texas will play Oakland. Oklahoma State on Saturday, and I have to say that I was watching that BYU-Oklahoma State game rooting hard as hell for BYU. Right? BYU was up 24-6 uh, to on Oklahoma State at halftime, and silly me, I thought that they could finish the job. I wanted Oklahoma. You know, I understand that there are a lot of Texas fans that want Oklahoma State, you know, wanted Oklahoma State. I understand that Oklahoma State might be, um, you know, the path of least resistance, and I'm not going to come on here and say that I'm above taking the path of least resistance because when the Rangers clinched the AL pennant, I was rooting hard as hell for the Diamondbacks, right? Because I knew we would have an easier time against the Diamondbacks than, than the Phillies, right? So I am certainly not above taking the path of least resistance. The reason I wanted Oklahoma is because it means something to me to know who this Texas football team and what they're made of is, right? Um, who this Texas football team is and what they're made of, right? I could sit here and say, oh, no, just get me Oklahoma State so we can beat them and, and, and get into the college football playoff, right? Like, I could say that, you know what I mean? But that's not how I feel. I want to know who this Texas football team is, and I want to answer any questions that are left on the table. Right now, Texas can go out and beat Oklahoma State and win the Big 12 Conference, and we can say we are the best t- uh, team in the conference. We prove that and have hardware, you know, to show for it, right? But... We lost to Oklahoma, our biggest rival in Red River. I want an opportunity to avenge that loss. I want to show the college football playoff committee that we are a national championship contender that had one bad game in October and then came back in the Big 12 championship game and avenged that one loss that we had, which Oregon likely will have the opportunity to do against Washington on Friday and then make that argument to the college football playoff committee. I wanted to show the committee that we are a national championship contender and the only team we lost to is also a team we beat on the schedule because the narrative is going to be Texas should have beat Oklahoma State. Texas is way better than Oklahoma State. Texas is favored by double digits against Oklahoma State. So, you know, obviously you you have to play who's in front of you and Oklahoma State did a good job, you know, beating Oklahoma head to head and making sure that they were in this game on Saturday. But I was certainly rooting for Oklahoma so that we could answer the question. Was Oklahoma just better than Texas this year or did Texas just have one bad game in October? I think it's the latter. But unfortunately, because Oklahoma lost two games, we'll never know.
Now, because we have Oklahoma State, there is a hateful late component to that, right? Steve Sarkeesian has beaten all of these teams in the original Big 12, right, on his way out, but Oklahoma State, right? He got revenge against Baylor, revenge against Kansas, never lost to Kansas State, revenge against Texas Tech, revenge against TCU, revenge against Iowa State, and did he lose to West Virginia? I can't remember if he lost to West Virginia in 2021. I think we did. I think we did lose to West Virginia in 2021. I can't remember. But either way, he beat West Virginia on the way out. The only team he has not beat, period, right, in the Big 12 and certainly has not had a chance to beat on the way out yet is Oklahoma State. And so he gets that opportunity this Saturday. And Texas fans get the opportunity to say that we beat every original Big 12 team either in 2022 or in 2023 on the way out of the conference. Um, and you have to look at Oklahoma State and say that's a hell of a coaching job this year by Mike Gundy to even get this team to the Big 12 championship because this is such a Jekyll and high team. And at their best, they are a good team, certainly capable of winning a Big 12 championship. And at their worst, they've looked like one of the worst teams in the country, right? So when we talk about coaching jobs in the Big 12, obviously Steve Sarkeesian getting this Texas team to 11 and 1 was a huge one. Neil Brown taking, you know, West Virginia to 8 and 4 um, was very special this year. Nobody saw that coming. But Mike Gundy getting this football team that lost to South Alabama by 26 points and UCF by 42 points, getting them to the Big 12 championship has to be celebrated in Stillwater and amongst national media in the country. Because, you know, like I said, this is one of the best coaching jobs, period, in the country this year, certainly by Mike Gunn. Right. And like I said, you're talking about a football team in the conference championship game that lost by 26 to South Alabama and 42 to UCF. But they also win the three toughest games on their schedule, which is why they're in this position in the first place. Right. They beat Oklahoma. Right, their biggest rival in Bedlam in Stillwater. Right, otherwise we would be playing Oklahoma again this Saturday. They beat Kansas, which was a tough matchup for a lot of teams this year, and they beat Kansas State. Right, who certainly looked like one of the best teams in the conference in in the latter half, and was my pick to play against Texas this year in the Big Twelve Championship game. And because they were able to beat Oklahoma, Kansas, and Kansas State, they now have the opportunity to face off against Texas one last time in the Big Twelve Championship game for all the marbles. When you look at the big four stats. These are the big four stats for me, right? Scoring offense, scoring defense, rushing uh, offense, and then passing offense, right? When you look at these metrics for uh, Oklahoma State and Texas, you'll see how far these teams are apart currently, right? Scoring offense, Texas 22nd in the country, Oklahoma State 49th, right? That's a big gap. Scoring defense, Texas is 12th in the country, Oklahoma State is 77th in the, 77th in the country. That's a big gap. Passing offense, Texas is 32nd in the country. Oklahoma State is 36th. Texas is a little bit better, but they're pretty even in that regard. And then rushing offense, even though they have one of the best running backs in the country, Texas is 25th. Oklahoma State is 57th. So just on paper, you know, it doesn't look like this Oklahoma State team should be able to compete with Texas. But we know that Mike Gundy is a hell of a coach. And we know that for two straight years and really throughout his tenure, he has certainly given the University of Texas some trouble. And so this is a you know matchup that Texas has to go in there and uh, play Texas Longhorns football to win. All right. And I have no doubt that this Texas football team is focused. Um, they have one goal in mind and this winning the Big 12 championship on Saturday. And I know that Steve Sarkeesian and the culture setters of this program will not allow them to lose focus uh, prior to this game going in. But it's the Big 12 championship game and anything can happen. Right. We saw TCU roll into this game last year, 12 and 0 and lose their first game of the season against Kansas State. And when you look at it, Oklahoma State realistically has three paths to victory against Texas on Saturday. I'm not saying they'll win by any means. 
But I think three things can happen that could lift them to upset over the University of Texas. And right now it's certainly an upset because they're double digit dogs against your favorite football team. One thing that realistically could happen, and it's probably happened the last two years, is Mike Gundy could outcoach Steve Sarkeesian this Saturday, right? It could be a tough, hard-fought, low-scoring, or just close game period, and it could come down to some plays in the margins or some coaching decisions, right? Steve Sarkeesian has certainly taken that next step as a, a head coach and a leader of a football program in college football, but it's not foreign to me. It would not be foreign to me. If we felt like Mike Gundy, who was a really good coach, right, and knows how to do less with more, right, more with less, excuse me, it's not crazy to me to think that he could outcoach Steve Sarkeesian in a close game on Saturday and tilt it maybe in Oklahoma State's favor. Hopefully it's not even close enough for that to be possible, but it could happen, right? Oklahoma State wins a shootout, right? Texas scored 30 points in 10 of their 12 games, but only scored 40 points in two of their 12 games, right? So this is a Texas team that knows how to get to 30, but can't take that next step and get to 40 consistently. When you look at Oklahoma State, they scored 40 in four of their games compared to only two for Texas. So this certainly is an offense that can put up a lot of yards, and this is an offense that can put up a lot of points. If Oklahoma State can get to 40, and Texas has those inconsistencies on offense that can only get to 35 or 38, then Oklahoma State can win a shootout. Like I said, this is a team that in 33% of their games scored 40 points when Texas only did it two times. So if it's a shootout, that may be advantage Oklahoma State. Obviously, I'm hoping that it's not. And the last path to victory for Oklahoma State is Ollie Gordon has the game of his life, right? I don't expect it against this Texas defense, but like I said, you have to go out there and play the games. And in conference play this year, he is averaging 164 yards per game and 6.5 yards per carry, the likely Dope Walker winner. Um, he has been dominant this year um, under Oklahoma State, and he's probably the biggest reason that they're in the Big 12 championship game to begin with. So I think Texas should win this game. I definitely think Texas should cover the spread. But, you know, you don't win football games on paper. You actually have to go out there and play it. And I know Mike Gundy will have the Oklahoma State Cowboys ready to roll against Texas on Saturday. But if Steve Sarkeesian has his team ready to roll and if Steve Sarkeesian's team plays Texas Longhorns football, then they should move on to 12-1. and one, And then their fate will be in the hands of the college football playoff committee to see if they'll have the chance to compete for a national championship. But we know that this is a team certainly capable of winning a national championship. They proved that throughout the regular season thus far. A quick word from our sponsors and the last ever Big 12 roundup on the other side. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any Winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the National Football League. All right, last ever Big 12 roundup. I know some people are probably thinking, will you do an SEC roundup? Of course, right? <laughs> it's a long way away, but yes, we will have an SEC roundup every Monday next football season, I guess, in 2024. Uh, all right, let's start with the Big 12 roundup, and we'll go back to the Oklahoma State game, BYU game 40-34. to 34. Oklahoma State won this game in two overtimes. Like I said in the last segment, I was rooting hard as hell for BYU. I think BYU was up 24-6 to six at halftime and just couldn't finish the deal. That's the thing with upsets. Uh, especially in college football, it's just so hard because you have to out-execute a team for 60 minutes. You can out-execute any team in the country for 15 in the first quarter. You can out-execute any team for 30 minutes 
until halftime. That's 30. But over the course of a 60-minute football game, usually the better team will come out on top in the end, right? That's just too long for an upset to take place for the most part, right? And, you know, eventually they just played enough football for Oklahoma State to overcome that 18-point deficit and for the better team to get the victory. BYU, probably a couple years away, Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy, <laughs> they figured out a way to get to the Big 12 championship, outscoring BYU in the second half and overtime 34 to 10. Right. Then you look at TCU 45, Oklahoma 69. TCU did not have a problem scoring points this year, but they did have a problem stopping people. And that's why they are not going to a bowl game just a year after playing in the national championship. Oklahoma was able to put up 69 points. Billy Bowman uh, had a pick six for the second game in a row. I think that's pretty elite. You know, a pick six, two games in a row for sure. Um, and Oklahoma went out and put up some style points. <laughs> you know, they were dominant um, on offense. And Jeff Levy's last game as offensive coordinator, he's moved on to be the head coach at Mississippi State. 1,127 yards of offense and 114 points combined. Obviously, Oklahoma went out and put on a show knowing that, you know, their hopes of making uh, the Big 12 championship were in BYU's hands. And unfortunately, BYU couldn't win the game. So... Oklahoma won't make the Big 12 championship, but certainly a dominant performance on their way out of the Big 12 and a dominant offensive performance for Jeff Levy on his way to Mississippi State. Houston 13, UCF 27. The biggest thing for me is UCF was the only new Big 12 team to become bowl eligible. Uh, six wins, and they lost three Big 12 games by a combined four points. So you're looking at a team that could have been an eight or nine win team this year. And certainly, I think at least out of the four newcomers this year should have the best momentum going into next season in the big 12 without texas and oklahoma west virginia 34 baylor 31 baylor gave up the game winning touchdown with 23 seconds left so just a horrible season for baylor a very disappointing season for baylor ended in the most disappointing way possible right they weren't going to go to a bowl game um you know they weren't gonna do anything right but i guess you know winning that last game would have felt a little bit better at home at least for the fans uh for the seniors and like i said you give up the game when it touched down with 23 seconds left the bigger story to me west virginia eight and four on the season and they lost on a hail mary to u of h and then they scheduled penn state on the road right if you just knock that ball down and schedule any other team other than penn state you're looking at a West Virginia team that could have won 10 games this year when they came into the season with Neil Brown on the hot seat. Like there were bets with minus money that Neil Brown would get fired midseason. And he led them to eight wins, could have been a 10 win season uh, for West Virginia. Certainly a hell of a coaching job by Neil Brown and a great job to the players in the locker room for playing for their coach, you know, and making sure that they went out there and played hard and, you know, did their best to keep him in a position at head coach at, at West Virginia. You know, we talk all the time about, uh, you know, players quitting on head coaches and players quitting on programs and players quitting on teams. I want to give them credit for going out there and saving Neil Brown's job. And it's obviously to have a ton of respect for him. Good season for West Virginia, eight and four. You can't ask for more than that. Kansas uh, 49, Cincinnati 16. This is going to be one of the biggest what if teams ever in college football, in my opinion. Um, that may be an exaggeration. But when you look at it, Kansas went eight and four and Jalen Daniels, who was the preseason pick to win Big 12 player of the year, only played three games in the three games with Jalen Daniels. They were three and oh, and the nine games without Jalen Daniels, they were five and four. So you're looking at a situation where if Jalen Daniels plays 12 games, they're likely in the Big 12 championship game this year against Kansas because he only played three games. They are on the outside looking in. 
of the Big 12 championship game. Like I said, ever may be a stretch, but this is certainly one of the biggest what-if cases I can remember on a football team where their star quarterback only played three games, and they were essentially a 500 team outside of the games that he played. And then Iowa State 42, Kansas State 35, Farm again, and this was one of the most interesting and exciting football games in college football this year, period, right? Iowa State had touchdowns. They scored six touchdowns. This is the distance on all six of those touchdowns. 33 60, 82, 79, 77, and 71. Those were the distance on their six touchdowns, right? Iowa State scored 42 points and only had the ball for 17 minutes in this game. So talk about being efficient. They were just scoring from anywhere on the field, which is uncharacteristic of Iowa State, right? Without Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. And then Kansas State put up a lot of points on offense as well, but it wasn't enough, right? And thankfully, uh, Texas took care of business against Texas Tech because Iowa State beating Kansas State in this game could have affected our Big 12 championship hopes. So, um, like I said, one of the most interesting games in college football all year, Iowa State, who was not known for their explosive offense, scored six touchdowns of 33 yards or more and five touchdowns of 60 yards or more. Talk about being efficient, 42 points in 17 minutes. Wish Texas could do something like that. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We continue the conversation all week with Texas and Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. And also we're going to give the basketball team and Rodney Terry his flowers in another episode later on this week. All of that and more. Excuse me. Talking like I'm at the beginning of the episode. Hook them. Peace.